and then I decided that I don't want to move forward to the next round. Like for me, the experience of being CEO of Just Talk To was so hard, and like I was, I was not able to say, okay, I'm gonna go do that one again. It was too difficult, too stressful for me, and I decided to quit. Welcome to our series entitled The I Am Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the I Am Podcast. I am Raya, your host, and today with me, is the founder and CEO of Just Talk To, Shira Luke Zilberman. Hello, Shira, finally. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> it took us quite a while, quite a long time to uh, reach the point where we are actually having the interview. And a lot of things have changed since uh, we first met. So it's nice to kind of have closure. I love yes. closure. It's a windy day And I'm day sitting there. outside, <laughs> it's a windy day. I'm having my coffee at a coffee place. And I'm actually, I'm, uh, my kids are, um, one of them have, have COVID. Mm. The nanny is there with them. Uh, so, but I left, I ran away for this interview. So it, it will be in a more peaceful uh, environment. So this is why you're seeing me with my, my child has COVID outfit, which is this sweatshirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm having yeah. a quiet piece of coffee and then I have to go back and, uh, you know, take care of them. They're actually pretty squished. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not a great disease. <laughs> yes, I mean you like right where you're at. It, it's really very relaxing view. But I know you're not that relaxed because of the things that's been happening. You know, life. But we'd love <laughs> yes. to know more of you, and we're excited. So please, to all the listeners or viewers, please give us a brief of your personal career background. What's your experience as an expertise, Shira? Okay, I, well, it's not brief, it's long because I've been doing a lot of things, but I'll try to keep it short. So I tried, uh, I first started, um, I was in a gifted class and then I did my uh, uh, bachelor's and then master's degree in computer science. I served at a technological unit in Israel and then I programmed for a couple of years and then I said, okay, let's throw away this past six years of accumulating experience and go to something completely different. So I went into user experience design and uh, well, I didn't throw, throw away all my background because because I had this expertise of complexity and, you know, um, being around abstract complex systems. So what I did was design those systems for people who needed uh, this type of expertise. And I did that for about eight years and I was working as an employee as part of companies or as a part of an agency who came agency with a team uh, to assist in projects from outside of our organization and, and also as a freelancer, which is like a one-man show, I would come drop by and help. Usually my customers, my clients were product managers. Then I would help them uh, do the UX part of the project, mostly around complex uh, stuff. And then I had also three children at that time. <laughs> so it kept me busy still does and then but after uh, my youngest child uh, was a little bit um, you know had grown up I said okay I can do like something more intense and I went from user experience design to product management I did that for three years 
I was product manager for Twist Bioscience. We did DNA manufacturing. I then was a head of product for Firebolt. We did uh, data warehouse in the cloud. And then a VP of product at Flytrex. We did uh, drones for food delivery. And then that wasn't enough. I was like, okay, but I don't have enough impact at the organization. Like I need to do, I need to create something of my own so that I can steer the ball. I can, you know, make all the decisions. And this is when I started my own company. And I, um, I gathered a team of, uh, of co-founders and we founded Just Talk To. And that was almost a year ago. And Just Talk To, I love this product. It's amazing. It lets you, you know, you get into your car and you're bored. I'm the type of person and I get bored uh, in the car. <laughs> and I can listen to a radio or a podcast. But really what I want to do is talk to people. This is what I love to do the most. So Just Talk To allowed me to create this kind of wait list. And whenever I go into my car, there is an automatic uh, bot, WhatsApp bot, that sends a message to all the people who are on my wait list. Like Shira now has uh, 30 minutes to talk. And then if somebody happens to have those 30 minutes as well and they want to come and talk to me, they just can do it. Or they can completely ignore the WhatsApp message. So it's like a frictionless way to create a human conversation. And uh, we did that and it was really, it went viral in Israel, this concept. But the main problem was that uh, there isn't a really clear business model because those conversation, conversations, what we found out later on, they were like pro bono mentorship. So the person doing the talking is, was kind of doing mentoring uh, to the people who are like on the wait list. That was the relationship because it's not symmetrical. It's more like you're on my wait list. Probably I'm more like I have something that you want more than more that I'm willing to give. Like it's not, um, I'm the important person uh, that um, you are you are waiting to talk to. So this relationship, and it exists, like mentorship and advice, yeah. this is the type of relationship already in place. And, you know, humans do that. So we kind of capture that. But usually this is done on a, on a pro bono basis. Like nobody's paying for that. I love to give out the favor and people uh, want to receive a favor. So we had trouble figuring out our business model over there. And then we said, okay, we'll make it into a productivity tool. And we will allow, you know, doctors and lawyers and um, and accountants, people who have a lot of clients. And also this relationship exists. Like they're extremely busy and they want to talk to their clients, answer leads, and they have time uh, during their uh, commute on the car. So we figured, okay, we can take money uh, because we're creating productivity. And then we discovered, we had a fun ride, we applied to Y Combinator, and then uh, they challenged us to get paying customers, and we did, got, got, we did get paying customers in the Israeli market for that uh, productivity app. But then we weren't uh, accepted into Y Combinator, that's another story, but I'm trying to keep it short. So we spent a month in Israel getting paying uh, customers for uh, the productivity app. And then we didn't get accepted. And then we said, okay, we need to replicate this success in the American market, which is where you need to be if you want to be a successful VC-backed company. And then we discovered that this is a, a culture thing. Mm. Making calls from the car, business calls, is something that Israelis, it looks like, yeah, of course, it kind of makes sense for them. They do it all the time already. But in uh, United States, we got a lot of reactions like, but that's rude, like, it's not polite to have a conversation from your car or it's outside of business hours. Like, 
And I'm like, I'm an Israeli. What do you mean business hours? <laughs> we have business hours in Israel? I, I wasn't aware of that. So it was really a cultural, a cultural difference. And that's, uh, we took us about eight weeks to kind of hustle around and talk to so many people and kind of realize this is probably not going to be a VC-backed company. And then we decided to stop working on Just Talk To. By the way, the product is still operational and people are having conversations every week. Um, but we decided that we're going to do a big, like real, not a small B2C company, like a real tech company, B2B, SaaS, you know, the usual uh, Israeli industry thing. And then I decided that I don't want to move forward to the next round. Like for me, the experience of being CEO of Just Talk To was so hard. And like, I was, I was not able to say, okay, I'm going to go do that one again. It was too difficult, too stressful for me. And I decided to quit. And this was like, I think four weeks ago. And then COVID hit. So I had COVID, now my family has COVID. So yeah, I've been <laughs> dealing with that part of reality. And now I'm sitting at the coffee place, drinking my coffee and telling my story. Wow. So I don't know how short that was. But that's the recap. Since the age of 18 till 38, <laughs> when 20 years of my life. It's a whirlwind. Oh, but uh, we like your Great energy. Deal. Yes, yes. I mean, your energy just transcends on the screen, you know. So uh, I want to know, like, uh, what? Whose inputs did you get? I mean, or is it just yourself? Oh, like, what you a great question. No, no, I'm boring. <laughs> I always talk to other people. For me, I can talk to myself because I'm like, I know myself. When usually when I have a big dilemma in life, what I do is I reach out to my network. I know a lot of smart people, but also sometimes to just talk to a random person, somebody I just met. This helps me to process where I'm at right now. What, I, what is my current perspective? What are my dilemmas? Because I'm ex an extremely open person, I don't have a problem sharing my dilemmas and my problems and, you know, the stuff that are not going well. And it's a great way for me to gain external perspective. Now, the person who I'm talking to, he will tell me something. It doesn't even have to be correct or very profound, just something. He will bring it back to me. And then I can take that something and process it myself. Like, do I agree? Do I don't agree? Maybe it's accurate, maybe it's completely the opposite thing, but it helps me. Evaluating their answer helps me kind of reach my own internal answer. Because I do believe the answer is inside, but for mm. me, the way to kind of, you know, bring it to the conscious layer is by talking about it. And I do it with other people. So I just talk to everybody. This is my product, just talk. I prioritized yes. myself. <laughs> yes, just talk to. Yeah. Okay, so yes, yes, I I'm sure there there's a lot of people interested, or maybe you said yeah, they're just silent about it. But uh, maybe you can give us some tips or what have you learned? Like when is it time to go? When is it time to stay? Until when? Okay, so I think during my career, and I told you about it, I became an expert at quitting. Like <laughs> I really. <laughs> I am now extremely sensitive to the point because this point comes along almost in all relationships that eventually end. There comes along the, this point where it's a no. It was a yes. It was a great yes. But then something happened or a lot of things happened one after the other. It can take, it's a process, right? It can take weeks or months or even years. 
and then the yes becomes a no so i'm sensitive to that point and when this happens usually i don't stick around very much longer like i execute it i execute on it immediately so i can you know uh it doesn't take me too much time to figure out to kind of know that this is just became a no for me and then doesn't take me too much time to actually move forward like bring it make you know uh work according to the implications of the no if it's a no then the actions are you know need to be done like you need to talk to people you explain whatever um create the no and the next steps so the tip for me is that this moment in time it exists and then people usually they ignore it like they uh, put it under the rug or they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to acknowledge it and like they pretend it's still a yes mm. but if you really dig if you really dig down if they're willing to do that right willing to dig down you can probably you know uh exert like um discover that it's actually a no and i've been doing that with people a lot of people all the time and it's true in relationships and in on in career in your workplaces and on projects that you decided to go on so it's true in a lot of aspects in life and the tip is it's hard to you know uh follow but the tip is to be honest with yourself like if you feel like this might be a no or maybe i'm not that happy the the tip is to kind of dig through and kind of talk to a person or do it yourself but kind of you know don't let it linger too much because if it lingers if it's a no and it's a lingering no that's basically suffering okay so you are you are actually it's a recipe for suffering because your subconscious already knows that it's a no but you are still pretending that it's a yes and i had that i just talked to for a couple of months it was mm-hmm. suffering it was because I kept asking myself, wait, is this is this a no? Is this still a yes? Is this am I even doing the right thing? Is this the right thing for me? Am I wasting my time, my team's time, the investors' money? And this created a lot of suffering because it was a no subconsciously in like in the subconscious level, but I was still pretending it's a yes, you know, doing all the actions and going through all the conversations and whatever. So that created a lot of stress and a lot of uh Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Hard. Yes. So, uh you said uh it's a lingering no and you spoke about your um the team, the founding team, the investors. So, how do you tell them that it's really a no? We need to do this. You I don't, need to do this. Right? If it's a <laughs> if it's a lingering no, you don't tell them, right? And then you're stuck pretending. This is terrible. I hated it because I'm a really open person and I like to be honest. So, A lingering no period for me it was you know i didn't know it was a no it was a subconscious so it but it was hard and i had to kind of um pretend it's a yes but then once it was in my within my conscious brain and i could see that it's a no then immediately like the next day we talked to all the investors we created all the conversations i talked to my founders like i didn't even waited a second like because i had to I had to release let this, that out you know yeah let it out because it was finally I figured out what was bothering me <laughs> so so for me I didn't wait at all and it was really a relief to have those conversations even though they are hard conversations mm. 
you know, yes. people weren't happy. <laughs> My co-founders, they were not happy. Their investors were not happy. But I was, I wouldn't say I was happy, but I was like complete. I was like aligned with my internal feeling. So for me, and I think also for them, it's, it's better off that way. And we are returning now the man, money to the investors. About 50% of the money is still left um, in our bank account. We didn't use it because for me, when it was a no, then there's no point to, you know, keep trying and trying and trying. The, like the correct thing to do, like the right thing to do is to just give the money back because it's a no. So it was more complicated than that, the process. But basically, once it like it took me, it was it came in waves. Like it was no, just talk to is a no. And then the next idea that we have is, is a no. And then, okay, you know what? This entrepreneurship thing, creating a VC-backed company, a billion dollar company, that's probably a no. It's a no, and then so it was like a few steps of saying no. <laughs> so, what is next for Shira? Next for Shira, what a great question. So, I don't know, but here's, a, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, when I was VP of product and later on I was CEO, and these roles, even head of product, these roles are, are extremely lonely because, and as I said before, I'm a person, I love to talk to people. But, you know, when you have dilemmas or issues or you don't get along with somebody, you know, you got offended by something, you're not happy with something. This happens all the time because we are humans. It happens to all of us. What I want to do is talk to a person. But I can't really talk to my manager about everything because maybe it's my manager who I'm having troubles with. And I can't really talk to my uh, colleagues, like the other VPs at the organizations because it's a really sensitive relationship. Like if, if my manager is the one creating, um, you know, the issue for me, I can't go to my colleague, we have the same manager, mm. and say, you know what, he's so annoying. I can't do that. It's like everybody has an agenda. Obviously, I can't talk to my employees as well. So I have to reach out outside. But again, outside, I want to, I don't want to, you know, speak bad things about my manager because we have an, an issue. I don't want to do that. We have an issue. It happens all the time. So basically, all I have is my friends. But my friends, if they're not just happen to be VP of product in a startup <laughs> company, um, they don't really have the context. Like they don't really know uh, the context of the trouble or the issue that I'm bringing to the table. And also they're my friends. Like they would do one conversation with me, like a support conversation, but I can't regularly depend on them. Also, I don't know what it's like for you guys. I'm almost 40. Everybody's busy. Like if I have one hour with my friend, what I want to do with that hour is just relax. <laughs> I just want to have a nice relaxed conversation. So I was finding that I didn't really have anyone to really talk to. Maybe my husband. So I want to do this as a service. I want to offer basically my brain. Mm-hmm. as a service, as a person to talk to, not as a mentor, not as a consultant, not as, as an advisor. I can do all of those. But really what I what I needed is like a friend, a buddy, or even a priest, like a safe space to talk to a person with no agenda. I don't have an opinion. I don't care if you stay at the company or quit. 
I don't care if your manager is the greatest guy in the world or a jerk. I don't care because I'm outside of the context. I don't have an agenda. And this is what I really wanted for myself. And now I want to offer this uh, as a service to the people around me. So this is like my plan, one of them. And um, I hope I'm not the only one. I think I'm not the only one. I discovered as a person that if I have an issue or a problem or a need, probably I'm not the only one in that situation. So that's what I want to do. I call it I call it uh, second brain. So just have me as somebody to talk to. And this brain has seen stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff. So I can probably say something uh, that will promote the conversation and promote the situation, like create some kind of positive uh, uh, movement. Mm. This is my, this is, uh, this is, uh, I think is the value I can bring. And I hope that I can do it uh, for a living. Yeah, it could be a business idea in the future. Second brain. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yes, but you're very valuable because you have 20 years of experience in the product management side. So maybe we can pick your brain or yeah, get some tips on about product management since it's a key player <laughs> in the startup space, right? Product is everything. Product you know, when you start a company, you are looking for product market fit. So what you need to do, it's extremely hard, is to listen to the market and then understand what the market wants from you, create something that it wants and then put it back in the market, market it. Like this is usually done by marketing people and hope, like really, it's not hope, it's a lot of hard work, that you created something that the market wants. And the skill, there are a lot of skills there. It's like an umbrella of skills, but basically it's listening, problem solving, project management, you know, getting all the resources in place so you can create it, marketing as well, you know, communicated what you've built in a way that the person who comes across it kind of gets it. It's a lot of a lot of things, but it's all around creating a product at the beginning, around creating a product that the market wants. Later on, it's about if you actually achieve that, which is amazing, phenomenal. Uh, most companies don't achieve it. But if you achieve it, then it's like, okay, let's scale it. Okay, now take the success, replicate it, uh, make it more efficient, create additional features so that the users uh, will uh, keep around, stay around, you know, they don't churn. But basically, it's around um, creating a product that somebody wants, that a lot of people want. And, you know, the best advice I read about it just recently uh -huh. is, you know, productize yourself. And this is advice by Naval uh, Ravikant, who is like a guru. He's like a VC guru. And he's like, basically, he's saying, and it's, I, it resonated with me. Like, everybody has a really specialized skill that they really are. They know how to do the best. Mm -hmm. and they are passionate about it and he says and he's correct it's like a combinatorical game like it's a combination of your dna and your the context where you were brought up your development your career so this is actually unique just uh sheer combinatorics because everybody has a slightly different dna and everybody was raised and took a career path in a slightly different way so we're actually very unique and his theory is that uh, your specialized skill, your unique skill, 
if it's uh, something that you can do and you can scale, then this is the way uh, to grow a company and to create a product. Like scale yourself, productize yourself, take this thing that you are extremely passionate and really, really know how to do well and uh, leverage it. So that's the tip. And I read it after we uh, worked on Just Talk To, but I then realized, hey, this is exactly what I did. Like Just Talk To was actually a productization of myself. No business value, but uh, <laughs> you know, no, no clear business model. But um, it really, really is a manifestation of me. And he says, and I agree that this is how uh, companies are created. Like the successful ones, they solve a problem that they are really intimate with. You need to be intimate with the problem and also passionate about the solution and to be the one who is absolutely convinced that your solution is the solution that the market needs. Amazing. So you need to, I love that, productize yourself. Is there, yeah. are there types of customer research that needs to be conducted or like how often? What kind of feedback? So, and again, I read it somewhere and it really resonated with me. The feedback should be like, I want this. This, the thing you're talking about, can I see a demo? Give it to me. So, like the eyes has to pop out of their holes uh, when people hear about what you're building. This is the kind of feedback that you are looking for when you're uh, trying to figure out if you have product market fit. And we have seen that feedback in Israel with Just Talk To. And then when we moved to the US market, we didn't see that feedback that much. And this is how I knew, like, it was part of the, the things I took into consideration when I, I came to the conclusion that it's probably a no. Uh, because in Israel, it's like, does this, this, this not exist? I, it's not possible. I need this right now. Where can I try it? Like, got this feedback a lot from people we didn't even know. And, but only for the Israeli market. So this is what you're looking for. Just forget about what people are telling you because people, they will be nice and they'll be lying and they will be, <laughs> they think they want to help. But basically this thing is essential. It's not everything, it's, but it's a really essential. If you don't, if you're not getting this one, then probably you're not, you're not talking to the uh, right people or you, you didn't create the right solution. Mm, okay, so you really have to talk to your users and you've got to have their eyes popped out. That's yeah, kind of you have feedback. to find them. <laughs> you have to find your users because uh, what, what I saw, I just talked to my users were really, people were similar to me, like the best users. Also, uh, chatty people, they love to talk a lot. They have this mentorship, uh, like um, within them, mentorship mentality, they like to help a lot. So I talked to a bunch of people, like hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. But the people who really stuck around are the people where the fit was good. And those were the people who were like, yes, hell yes, I want that. I need this one in my life, this product. So you talk to a bunch of people and then you kind of synthesize the ones who are really into your product. Okay. And what do, what do they have in common and how do you find more of them? Okay, so when you get, when you get and I mean the kind of feedback you don't want, what do you do next? First of all, I feel really bad about myself as a, like I take it as a personal failure. This is what I did. 
<laughs> what do you mean you don't want my product? It was really hard. It was really hard at the beginning to get this no. Um, and I took it personally and I was like, I don't like that. But then it happened all over again. It happened and it happened and it happened again and again and again. Because as I said, I talked to a lot of people. So obviously some of them are going to say no. And then what you do after like you kind of you know brush off your uh, ego is that you say, okay, this no means that I'm not looking at the right direction. Or maybe uh, this no means I have to talk to more people or try other strategies. Mm-hmm. So this no is like... Um, Kind of a direction okay not here so maybe some someplace else so you learn to take it as um as information it's like another bit of information like a but redirection. it takes time mm. <laughs> a redirection exactly but it takes time <laughs> it takes time for me it took a lot of time to kind of deal with the no oh amazing i mean your, your kind of energy right like what makes shira tick just talking to people you know seriously this conversation because what I feel like I'm doing is I'm sharing my knowledge with the world and then somebody somewhere might be listening and saying, okay, hmm, I'll take this, I'll take this with me. So I like to create, I like to create this small, small impact. Exactly. Um, and that's what makes me think. Nice. I can remember um, our very first episode here, like Amal P.S. So he's the CEO and he said, um, even one person um, makes some changes with what he's taken away from this episode. That's a big change for me. I mean, that's an impact. So yes, we're really looking forward to what you're up to. Okay. So speaking of um, your other activities, a lot of you have a lot of activities. You said you told yes. me about the... <laughs> helping or aiding right please talk to us about yeah so what happened is probably around the same time we were uh, shutting down just talk to now we're selling the company by the way to one of our investors so it will uh, the product will keep uh, um, being operational I'm very happy about that I love mm. the product so but around that time well, the Ukraine situation um, started the war the terrible war that's going on over there and we were free, me and my team. We like our um, kind of between jobs, as you say. And so uh, somebody approached us and we have expertise around WhatsApp bots because uh, this was the product, it was a WhatsApp bot. And now apparently um, there are a lot of organizations, like usually one people, two people, like really, really small organizations that are making a big difference mm-hmm. around the problems that are now occurring. And their tool set is usually WhatsApp and Google Sheets because this is, these tools are uh, ubiquitous. Everybody has them. Everybody knows how to use them and they're free. So you see a lot of organizations with those tools and the, the, the organization that needed our help, they needed uh, some kind of automation around uh, sending WhatsApps. So they're, um, they're rescuing people actually crazy story people in ukraine in the bombarded cities there are no regular buses coming out of those cities anymore so they arrange for private buses that come and evacuate people so they manage lists of the people who uh, want evacuation they have this form and they spread the form around and a person who, or a family who wants to be evacuated would uh, subscribe to the form so the organization they have a list of names and numbers of phone numbers 
and now they want to communicate with uh, the people to let them know more information about the evacuation. So we created a tool that allows them to do, um, based out of a Google spreadsheet, kind of copy paste all the phone numbers and do this uh, WhatsApp blast, like send a message with information. And then they return a message, you know, the people return a message, the Ukrainians, and then the next column is the returned message. So they can have this conversation at scale uh, with the okay. subscribers and kind of see who wants to go on the next evacuation and take it from there. So, and we did that because we had time uh, between, uh, you know, <laughs> between jobs. <laughs> and it was amazing to see how much impact one person at the right place can do. And this person for me is Shaket, Shaket Goldstein. The organization is called the uh, Irgun Misteron Corridor because they uh, move buses inside and also take people out, also bring people in uh, with this corridor of uh, transportation. And she's just an incredible woman. She was like, I can help. I can do, I can do this. I can, you know, these people need help. I can help them. I have all the network, the connections, the time, the willingness. Nice. And she actually created, she saved, I think, 2,000 people already. Wow. So, so it was just such a great honor to, to help her. Right. So we helped her and another organization, but uh, with Shaked, I actually sat there with her for like 10 days so I could see firsthand like what she's doing and it's amazing how one person can just save a bunch of people it's, it's right. incredible just you know and i'm not like that but she is like she has such a big heart so it was for me an honor to just help her to assist her wow what a noble um activity and yeah full help? of satisfaction Yes. So, okay, I'm gonna say something, uh, and it's really from the bottom of my heart. After uh, you know, sitting there at the Hamal, at the war room, seeing her do stuff, do her thing, the really, really good uh, best way to help is to donate money, just money, because there are people on the ground. They know what they need to do, and they do it day in, day out. This Shaket, she has four, four children. And she has a day job. She quit everything and she's doing that. So she knows how to do her job. She doesn't even need, you know, technological tools. My assistance was like, it's nice to have, but she can definitely do it without me as well. What she really needs is money. So a donation of money directly to her or to any organization or to just an Ukrainian family. If you know somebody who is helping directly to some family or helping directly on the ground, just give them money. That's the best place, that's the, way, the best way to help and the best place to put money. Yeah. Because um, money is versatile, right? With, with $200, you can give some family the food they need, but another family the medicine they need, and another family maybe redirect them to another place. Like with money, you can do a lot of things. If you like donate, uh, you know, equipment, you can only do one thing with that equipment, right? You can donate a blanket. You can only yes. do one thing with a blanket, but if that family, they could use a blanket, but, but what they really need is food, then money is better off than a blanket. And it's also true for software, right? Uh, what we created for uh, those organizations is software. It's nice, okay? But you can only do one thing with software. You can become more efficient in your day-to-day. -day. But actually what they need is money. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we're uh, gonna link- generic thing, yeah. Right, um, include that in the show notes or anywhere they can um, connect with her, right? 
So yeah, we can definitely. we can also help. I mean, for that cause, yeah, especially. Okay, so you, but you also you're a mom, right? Like a mompreneur. Yes. But you said you want to go mompreneur. Get the the entrepreneurship. But okay, so maybe you can give a hack, mommy hack. No hack. No hacks. No. Or oh, to all the mommies out there, <laughs> no hacks. No magic. Just extremely, extremely hard work. Just hard work. That you be willing to put in all the hard work, and I am so privileged because we have a lot of help. We have paid help. My kids are now with a babysitter. But if you don't have a lot of privilege, a lot of support from your husband, from your children, from people, from your I don't know your own mother, your own family, or paid help, it's like I don't see how that's even possible. <laughs> you need a wide, thick network of support. If you want to go and do something that's big as creating a business, I'm not even talking about you know a VC-backed unicorn company. Just create your own business, something that you put all your resources into it. Your resources that takes so much energy and effort that you need help. Okay, so the hack is that there are no hacks. If you don't have enough support, just you know reconsider because it's really really hard. To juggle everything. It's hard to juggle everything, even if you're like you're an employee. You work at a day day job and you have your desk, and it's like the most, you know, mundane thing. Still, it requires so much energy, so a lot of support. Yes, like a thick community. Okay, you're really a people yeah. person, Sira. I am, I am, I am. But it's it's not not just a community. Just you know, people stuff around you to support you, so you can outsource and you know take off some of the load. Of living life, right? Because if you want to build something, you it requires a lot of energy. It's kind yes. of like having a child, your first child. Like you put all your energy into it, and you need a lot of support around you to make that happen. You know, your your job will tell you, okay, take a few months off, and your husband will be there and do all the rest of the stuff. You know, you are the one, you know, carrying the baby and maybe breastfeeding or feeding them or whatever. You are probably doing uh, more than he does. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, but he's there, right? He's taking a time off and putting his energy there. And your mother will come and cook for you. So a lot of it's kind of uh, everybody around you will come and support you. So it's the same when you create life or a product. It's 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 really similar. Wow, we're going back so, to product management now. <laughs> okay, it's all the same. It's, it's creating something. Yes, it's like creating your something startup is your baby. Mm. For sure. But it's it's harder than a baby. So for all the mummies out there, it's harder than a baby. Like if you had your first child and it was traumatic, that was the experience for me. So for me, the startup was even more traumatic in the sense of how much energy it required, like how much of me I had to put in there to make it, you know, uh, grow. Hmm. Okay. So if uh, people listening right now wants to connect with you, wants to make you their second brain, Shira. How can they connect yeah. with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. I am fortunate enough to have this unique name, Sira Luke Zilberman. So there are only like eight Luke Zilberman <laughs> in Israel, and they're all my family. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, and I think in a couple of weeks there'll be also a website uh, where I share more information about what is this second brain thing, and probably other brains as well, because I discovered that. Uh, a lot of people are actually they take this position of like kind of mentor buddy 
relationship with the people in their life because I'm not the only one. So I collected them. We're going to be a bunch of second brains. So you can um, uh, you can find a brain for your specialty. Like I'm a product brain, but we will probably have a marketing brain, a data brain, an entrepreneur brain. So a, a bunch of brains. Uh, but until then, you can just uh, contact me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. This is usually where I'm at. And um, it, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> I'm all over. <laughs> I'm all over the place. So it's, it's really easy to reach, reach out to me. Also, you can just figure out, ask for people for my phone number. Just WhatsApp me. I'm extremely available. And I don't care that I always post it online, my phone number. Like People are like, cool. why are you posting your phone number? I'm like, why not? Like, What's going to happen? He people will talk. call you. People will send you a message. Yes, that's the idea. <laughs> like, so I'm, <laughs> I'm into that, and I don't, I don't mind it. So okay, prepare. Just reach for out to me. It will be. <laughs> yeah, that's usually not what happens. What usually happens is that a few people reach out, but they are really they are magnetized, right? They listen to me, and they're like, I want more of that brain. Like, I want to talk to that person. So it's uh, it's not it's gonna be I'm sure it's not gonna be a flood of uh, people, but the people who will come will be really a good match. And this is I think is a result of my authenticity and just saying what I think. So a lot of people are like, why are you sharing all these things publicly? Like, and I'm like, you know, if you don't like that, just you know, don't reach out. We probably won't be a good connection anyway. <laughs> but the people who are like, oh my god, she's talking exactly about my issues and my dilemmas and she's doing this publicly that's amazing now i have permission to do the same and also i would like to talk to her and i have this relationship with other people as well so uh, a lot of my good friends right now are people who i heard talking and are like okay i want to connect with that person so i trust that just being authentic with your publicly will kind of attract people who are like-minded Yes. Wow. I love the authenticity and the energy. Let's double E. Oh, no. E-A. Yeah. No? E-A. Yeah. Yay. Okay. But yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shira. Look, Zilberman, for today. Thank you. I had a really great time. This podcast is powered by iomops.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICD process with iomops.io dedicated DevOps team. Check out www.iomops.io and get a DevOps team Make sure to check out www.imops.io if you want to know more about us. Subscribe to our podcast so you can get notified every time we post a new video. Thank you and you have a great day.